Science AF. Science AF. Oh, yeah. Science AF. Dig that funky groove. Science AF. Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dr. Dave Chacho, and I'm not a doctor, but I am Science AF. Today I'm Cartoon Dave. Uh, what's happening? Uh, I have my I have my Twitch stream open in the background, like an amateur. Welcome to the show where we talk about science, more specifically the OMG, WTF, and LMFAO, ASMP of science. In fact, the background uh, uh, letters are going off the screen. Should have noticed that in my hours of prep. This is uh, uh, Science AF is a audio podcast that can be found on any audio podcasting app, especially Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And uh, uh, the audio version can also be found at scienceafpod.com. But that's not all. It's also a live Twitch stream, which very people, very few people know about because they don't advertise it, but we're just kind of playing around over here on Twitch. Uh, you can watch us, twitch.com slash science underscore AF over there. And we have a new YouTube page just getting started where I'm posting segments, uh, video segments of each of the science articles we talk about. So... Uh. We also <clears throat> burp sometimes. If you, uh, let's see, uh, Science AF is hosted by me, Dr. Dave Chacho, who's not an actual doctor, and uh, uh, you can follow me at Dave Chacho and all the social media. And uh, we have a tip jar now, gravyday.com slash tip slash Chacho for all the hot tips uh, that you can afford to give me. And... What else? Science AF is uh, uh, hosted by the Gravy Day Podcast Network, uh, gravyday.com. You can Venmo at Gravy Day. Uh, there's a patreon.com slash Gravy Day. Uh, not up yet, but it's coming. And uh, we have an Etsy shop where I sell uh, 3D printed uh, inventions and gadgets of my own making. Etsy.com slash shop slash gravy day. Ah, oh, that's all the stuff. What do you say we do some science? Our first story gone viral. Let's do a check-in with the pandemic and coronavirus uh, uh, um, current status. Here's an article from Popular Science. What you can do right now to protect yourself from the COVID-19 variants. Well, um, pretty much the same thing you've been doing. If you're a responsible citizen, wearing a mask, staying the hell away from most people, washing your hands and such. People are saying now wear another, a second mask. I don't know. that It can't hurt, but uh, a second layer is more uh, 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 more uh, uh, effective than two, than one. And three is more effective than that. But uh, let's not get crazy. We don't, uh, masks 
cut your chances of getting the virus down uh, a lot. That's one mask. The second mask is optional. Don't don't fret too much about wearing a second mask. Don't fret too much about these new variants. Uh, you, they are more uh, uh, contagious, and but they're about as deadly as the COVID we've been dealing with all this time. And the good news is mo uh, most of the vaccines seem to be effective against all of the variants right now, um, which is great. And the other good news is the quicker we put an end to this virus, or at least get the curve to go down to near zero, the less chance the virus has of mutating. So if you're an anti-masker or some other horrible human being, you are causing these new mutations and you should be put down for it. Uh, COVID-19, I'm not saying we need to kill all anti-maskers, uh, just a per enough percentage of them to get the virus under control. Okay, we have new vaccines out. Um, Let's see. Uh, 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 the the two that we know of are are called uh, uh, that are out now. I think are, are uh, Pfizer and uh, Moderna. Is that right? And uh, we have two more from uh, Johnson and Johnson and Novavax. Let's see. Uh, Novavax one has been shown to be ninety eight percent effective in preventing COVID. Um, 98% effective against the UK variant, only 60% effective against the South African variant. Uh, they're trying to get better at the South Africa one. Okay, the other one, Johnson & Johnson. I don't think either of these have been approved yet. Other, uh, uh, The EU has uh, recommended approval of Oxford AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine. Uh, let's see, that one has been shown to be that's people over 65 they, they haven't approved it for people over 65 because of insufficient data it doesn't mean anybody's died from it they just don't know how it's going to affect old people yet um what is this how, uh, hospital admissions fell to 33 per hundred thousand from 35.6 per hundred thousand this last week in the UK, that's good. Uh, this is new scientists there in the UK. They didn't have really uh, a lot of US information, although they are on. We are in the US on this chart. We're still in the lead, uh, having the most deaths uh, weekly and monthly, um, daily. But it's starting to level off. Uh, numbers are starting to go down. The vaccine is starting to work. Uh, uh, by the way, Fauci said, you, you know, when you hear these these uh, vaccines are only 60 percent effective, that doesn't mean that 40 percent of the people that take the vaccine get the virus. Um, it means that if you are actually exposed to the virus, then you have a 60 percent greater chance of not getting sick from it. Does that make sense? So as Dr. Fauci said, any percentage is good and, you know, above 50 is great. Uh, if somebody offers you uh, a 60% effective virus because the 85% effective virus is, is uh, not available right now, go ahead and take it. It's better 
for you and better for the population in general if everybody starts getting some sort of vaccine. Um, here's about here's a story from prevention. How does the AstraZeneca uh, compare to Pfizer's and Moderna's? Um, AstraZeneca. Uh, this one is interesting because uh, the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine is uh, uses a version of the common cold, uh, a chimpanzee cold. So they're using a, a chimp co cold, literally a cold virus common in chimps, which is harmless to humans. They modified it and it's, and it's uh, somewhat effective. How much effective? I can't find that. Uh, uh, one, one positive is that it can be stored in a fridge instead of a 94 degree below zero uh, Fahrenheit uh, super fridge. Um, uh, it's $4 per dose as opposed to uh, 20 or 33 for the other ones. So anyway, it's cheaper. Uh, 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 both Pfizer and Moderna report about 95% effective where AstraZeneca has reported an average of 70 and up to 90% effective if the dosing is adjusted. So that's still pretty good. Uh, for comparison, the annual flu shot is actually between 40 and 60% effective, yet uh, we still should get those. Okay, uh, Johnson & Johnson, one-shot vaccine is effective against severe disease. This is the other thing about vaccines is they don't necessarily prevent you from getting the disease, but they might prevent you from dying from the disease because just having that little boost of antibodies uh, to begin with can help uh, your COVID-19 bout not getting serious. And um, overall efficiency of the 95% against the coronavirus. Uh, Da, da, da. Okay, this is Fauci. If you walk up and say, well, go to the door on the left and you get 90 to 95% effective, go to the door on the right and you get 72%, what do you want to do? But what people need to understand, he said, is that the real importance of the vaccine is keeping people out of the hospital and preventing the most severe complications of the disease. Hey, that's what I just said because I read this earlier and I knew what he said. So the point being viruses are good we've got a bunch of them now and hopefully i mean the the, the real end of game is uh getting them all out to people and especially people who are most susceptible okay what else do we have here uh one last thing on covid covid fear opens you up to misinformation as if we didn't have enough misinformation flying around uh cause of response to fear this is fear in general i think causes people to um Make, make it harder for people to recognize misinformation. Uh, coronavirus fears had on an individual. The greater effect coronavirus fears had on an individual, the more likely they were to misidentify and spread false or misleading information, accept unverified information and share it regardless of accuracy, and believe untrue existential statements to be profound. Um, yeah, don't join Q because you're afraid of the virus. Uh, it's BS, as are a lot of the theories floating around. Um, one, one of the best things you can do to avoid misinformation is look for multiple sources. Look for sources that are well-respected and 
would lose their respect if they lied. Um, okay, that is gone viral for today. What's next? Our next segment: by OMG sleep cycles change with the moon's phase. All right, I know it sounds like astrology, or just some uh, magic, but uh, it has now been shown in a new study that um, people on a full moon or nights before a full moon, on nights leading up to a full moon, what's it called, waxing moon, when the moon is waxing, waxing on, not waxing off, when the moon is waxing on, people go to bed later and sleep less uh, uh, and it's not just because humans interbred with uh, werewolves millions of years ago. Um, it, it, it seems to be just learned rhythms because even so they, they did a, a, a study both in uh, urban and settings like uh, Seattle was one of them uh, and also in rural settings and indigenous communities in uh, northern Argentina. Uh, <clears throat> so a few different places, some that had limited access to electricity, some that had no access to electricity. And uh, people in uh, uh, Seattle who had constant access to uh, fuzzy guitar riffs from the 90s. Um, what they found was, like I said, people stay up later when it's a full moon. And uh, uh, remember that the moon is there whether it's full or not. So this isn't an effect of gravity or, or like tidal, you know, sort of like a tidal sort of gravity on people. It's uh, something to do with the light. And even when you can't see the light that well, you kind of know it's there. Um, I mean, even in the city, I live in a city and it's lighter out when the moon is full uh you can tell when you're going to bed and the moon is full because the window will be a little brighter uh when there's a new moon it's a little less bright i think i think there's less you know it seems to me this isn't part of the study but there's less action there's less birds outside and less things moving around when there's no moon uh i, I think a lot of animals have this so same sort of circadian rhythm uh that goes along with the full moon um so, uh, what else do we got? Um, this is a, the same study on BGR.com. And, and I just wanted to note, this headline, we just learned something about the moon that's pretty hard to believe. Uh, uh, fuck you guys. Terrible headline. Uh, this is about the sleep study that the moon has significance on our moon phase. Hey, hey, take, take a note from, future, from futurity.org. And this headline, Sleep Cycles Change with the Moon's Phase, tells you what the fuck the article's about. Uh, 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 stay away from the clickbait habit, BGR, and uh, <clears throat> happy sleeping on those uh, sleepless full moon nights. What's next? Climate Conundrum, our next segment climate conundrum uh <clears throat> today i want to talk about bees we've all heard the shocking news that bees 
uh, 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 populations are down. Here's a new story from New Scientist. A quarter of all new bee species has not been seen since the 90s. Um, that's a little bit of a, a, a deceptive headline. Um, it's, uh, let's see. There were a quarter few, fewer species reported between 2006 and 2015 as compared with the records we have from before 1990. Uh, there's a lot of parsing of math there. Uh, a quarter fewer species were reported. That doesn't mean they're all dead, the, that uh, quarter of species. Uh, it might mean that they're in decline, though, eh, because they haven't been uh, observed. And of course, um, with, with all uh, uh, animals you'll, that evolve, sometimes we find new species and sometimes species disappear and that's just evolution but you're not supposed to see a quarter of them uh going away so this is alarming it doesn't mean all the bees are dead and uh uh we're we're, we're all going to uh, uh 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 not be able to have honey or almonds anymore but it is something to be worried about and uh you know there hasn't been one single sort of uh, uh, a pinpoint to why the bees are dying out it's not because of the 5g network or whatever although it might have to do with power lines uh, uh, uh there are sort of um, magnetic fields around high power lines especially that possibly could affect the bees um, but uh, a lot of it I mean th there's there's a virus there's a bee virus um, I didn't I didn't pull that story there's a, a there's a few bee viruses going around um, especially like beekeepers that import bees from other places uh, this practice seems to be spreading the virus they should probably cut cut that out uh, but it's also due to a, lo a loss of habitat, uh, uh, which is, this person says, we are producing more food to feed our growing population using highly economical, convenient ways to grow single culture crops, which is removing a lot of the bees' habitat. Um, so anyway, it's not, uh, it's, it's bad. It's not. Uh, the world is on fire bad um, but the bees are important part of the, the chain and we, we should be uh, saving them um, here's another option though since the bees are declining and as we try to stop the decline robotic bees could help pollinate crops as real bees decline there's this is from um, I believe in Japan, yeah, Japan's National Institute of Advanced Industrial Science and Technology, or IIST. Uh, 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 the guy is Ijiro Miyako, Miyako, Ijiro Miyako, Miyako, um, and his colleagues uh, have used the principle of cross-pollination in bees to make a drone that transports pollen between flowers. Pretty cool. Here's a video of it. Let's check it out. This robotic bee can pollinate flowers. 
bees to pollinate crops, but their numbers are in decline. This robo-bee could be a backup. It's made from a mini-drone with sticky horsehair attached. The sticky hair picks up pollen from one flower and moves it to the next. Tests have confirmed that this cross-pollination works. The next step is to make the drone autonomous, so it can pollinate crops by itself. These robots could one day work side by side. Yeah, until the Great Bee Robot Wars. Um, it's a pretty cool idea, although, as they said, this is not autonomous. It's, uh, autonomous. it's a long way from actually being much good. I guess there was somebody controlling that... Uh, little drone in the background um, as well as somebody else playing cool surf guitar um, uh, one disturbing thing is they're using horsehair which means when the bees become sentient when the robot bees start reproducing on their own they're definitely going to attack all the horses and, and skin them first for their hair um, anyway so uh, uh, this is a, a possible thing that might happen in the future um, as well as uh, uh, th this might be your nightmare if you watched god what's the name of that uh, Black Mirror episode with the robot bees holy shit that might be the most disturbing robots sci-fi of all time um, but we might be heading for that solution swarms of the tiny little plastic drones but on that tip i was I, I went looking for uh information on plastic pollution so we might solve the bee problem but what happens when all of these billions of little plastic drones start dying falling out of the sky and covered with dirt um is it safe to have plastic just buried in the dirt um no i mean we have a lot of it there's more plastic pollution in the soil than there is in the ocean. And, and we know, um, here's another story, something fishy, toxic plastic pollution traveling up the food chain. All these stories, by the way, have somebody's hand holding some gross plastic. Uh, that one does. This one does. Um, we know that there's a lot of plastic in the oceans and it's getting uh, uh, battered and, 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 and broken apart into tiny microplastics, um, which which seems like, you know, good because they're breaking down. But no, because those little microplastics easier to get eaten and they travel up the food chain to uh, humans. Now, we don't tend to eat the stomachs of animals, but what happens is um, these micro pellets, not only do they have toxic chemicals in them that seep out into the fish bodies, they also absorb toxins from the ocean um it'd be cool if we could use them to actually get the, pla the, the, the the toxins out of the ocean but then once the plastics absorb the toxins and then the fish eat them now the toxins are in the fish and not just the stomach in the fish uh um yummy fish fillets um and and then so what i was uh looking into was what about in the soil if if plastic is buried in the soil is it just inert unfortunately no there's still um 
it poses a danger to the rainwater and um and general toxicity of the soil uh not good we probably i mean we're we're past the point of not having plastic in our oceans and soil so we might have to do a multi-tiered soil or sort of a, a, a attack on uh, a cleaning those toxins out of the the, the, the rainwater the fit their drinking water and and be uh, figuring out a way to sort of filter them out of the ocean and food chain uh, a lot to work on there um, I went from bees to uh, 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 microplastics um, to show that well, we need big solutions to a lot of these pollution problems and environment and climate problems, but big solutions have side effects. Uh, uh, to solve the bee problem, we could make robot drones, but that would cause plastic in our soil. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't try it. I mean, we pretty much have to try big solutions to solve problems, but we also have to think about the secondary problems those can cause. All of this just means uh, uh, we have a lot of work to do to clean up the world, and uh, we can do it, but it's not simple or trivial. What's next? Our next topic, we have a chemistry. Does that read? That's a, the name of the topic. We have a chemistry because, <coughs> excuse me. It's about chemistry. We have a chemistry. I get it. Uh, wood, this from New Scientist, can be easily turned in transparent to make energy saving windows. What? Wood windows? Uh, this picture is a standard glass window. Weird choice, New Scientist. I was really interested in seeing these wood windows you're talking about. And even weirder, the the, uh, the first line of this story says, transparent wood just got even better. What? There's transparent wood? I had no idea. Uh, new scientists going off the, uh, uh, the initial assumption that we've all heard of transparent wood. Um, actually, it's better termed translucent wood. Here's an article from uh, 2016 from archdaily.com. It's about translucent wood. It was invented about four years ago-ish. And what they do is they use this process uh, <clears throat> to make translucent wood, which means transparent means almost 100% see-through. Uh, translucent means some lower percentage, like 60% see-through or some percentage of... Uh, 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 transparency. Um, so they use this method to pull out some uh, some of the cells that are in wood that cause the, to block the light from going through them. Um, the lignin, when the lignin is removed, the wood becomes beautifully white. But because wood isn't naturally transparent, we achieve the transparency effect with some nanoscale tailoring. Okay, this article doesn't go into much detail on how they do that, but that was four years ago. Back to the new article in New Scientist. Transparent wood just got even better. 
So what they're saying, they talk about here, the method, uh, <clears throat> the, the recent discovery that lignin can be made, by, made transparent by removing only the parts of its molecule that give them their color. They brushed uh, hydrogen peroxide. Um, oh, okay, so it initially says that the current method of making transparent wood involves soaking the wood in a vat of sodium chloride, a chemical used in bleaches and toothpaste. Okay, so that's a nasty chemical. The new method, uh, they brushed hydrogen peroxide, uh, the, the, the disinfectant, over the surface of the wood and left it under a UV lamp, uh, as, as you do. I feel like somebody just accidentally spilled their hydrogen peroxide under a heating lamp and walked away, and then they came back, and Eureka. Um, Okay, they soak the wood in ethanol to remove any remaining gunk and fill the pores with epoxy. That's how you make transparent wood. It's not really wood when you finish. It's sort of a structure. I think it, it sort of uses the uh, cell wall structure of wood to make <coughs> to hold epoxy in the shape of wood. But if you're wondering, here's what it looks like. No thanks to any of these articles. Uh, I did find this picture of a building made with wood windows. Looks pretty cool. Um, like I said, it's mostly translucent, but not 100% transparent. Uh, it's sort of like frosted glass. Um, there's other pictures of uh, uh, transparent wood you can find online. It has a nice, pleasant, like sort of grain to it. Um, very cool. I, I I'm all for it, and I believe that people who live in glasswood houses shouldn't throw glass rocks <laughs> I'm trying to make that work okay one more story today right is that the last thing and now common nonsense with the floating disembodied head of dr dave chacho not a doctor uh oops and my, my uh, disembodied hand occasionally poking up this is a segment where I talk about nonsense people say commonly and believe that is not true. What am I talking about today? Well, I found this story called from Sci Tech Daily. Artificial intelligence generated artwork sells for $432,500. Okay. My common nonsense topic today is you know how people say AI is never going to create art or AI is never going to create music. Even AI is never going to create uh, a comedy or write a, a, a great movie. Nonsense. It's going to do all of those things. Everything that humans can do is achievable uh, uh, by AI eventually. And I say that uh, I might sound certain when I say that. That's because I'm certain when I say that there's no reason uh, uh, AI, artificial intelligence, can't create the same type of art that humans eventually as it becomes more complex. Now, look, uh, uh, a, a lot of sci-fi writers uh, have described, um, I'm thinking right now of Charles Strauss, who wrote Accelerando, a great sci-fi book, uh, described... Um, human uh, uh, personalities as just a uh, 
uh, it's just an algorithm. It's just a really complex algorithm. It's really what it comes down to. Uh, um, very complex mathematical equations, uh, uh, aka algorithms. Uh, algorithms just being sort of sequential mathematical equations. And he he describes that like you know like a, a, a sorting algorithm uh, on a computer, given enough time, could evolve to have intelligence. Um, in the book Esselarando. But that's just an aside. The idea that an AI uh, algorithm will never get as complex as humanity uh, is ridiculous. Uh, it will. And, and, and so I'll take a look at this painting. It's actually really cool. This was painted um, in October 2018. Um, Edmund de Bellamy was the human who uh, it created this with the help of an AI algorithm. And, and so this person fed in um, a, a, a bunch of, uh, I guess, pictures of art and, uh, and other things. And this was the algorithm's impression, sort of impressionist picture of a human. And I'm really interested, there's this equation down here and I don't know exactly what it means uh, written by hand um, some logarithms and then I don't know what this is min max g min g max d um, uh, I think this is sort of a recursive algorithm the thing with algorithms is either they can uh, just follow a simple set of rules or they can correct themselves and update themselves which is called learning which means they take a certain set of rules and then they uh, 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 change their own rules and make them better based on the information that comes in uh, uh, it's sort of like um, uh, uh, like like flying a plane if you it, if, if, if your if your plane is diving you pull the, the pull pull the stick back and it goes up but if you go too high if you pull it too far back it goes up too much and then you push the stick forward and it goes down and if you keep doing if you keep correcting uh, by uh, by uh, uh, checking if you're going up or down and then moving the stick accordingly you have a little like sine wave that happens and it finally settles that sine wave will finally settle to 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 level and that's kind of this, the, the sort of learning that machine language uh, uh, takes. Um, and um, yeah, here's uh, here's some uh, there, there's there's a lot of AI art out there um, of varying complexity. These are all sort of well dumb looking art, really. That looks like they could be on a a best western uh wall in nebraska but um there are some cool ones out there um there there's a bunch of there's some uh, uh ai code there's some uh, uh, uh free open source uh, code that, out there that you could use to make your own ai which is pretty cool runway ml easy code free tool that makes it simple to experiment with machine learning in creative ways these are all sort of different uh, uh, uh open source code that you can try to make your own ai um, 
Uh, uh, Magenta Studio is a collection of music plugins built on Magenta's open source tools. AI Duet. Play with a piano that responds to you. Sounds cool. Um, create your own hybrid sounds and instruments. Uh, generate four music. So, you know, right now AI is a toddler. Uh, that's why when you ask your uh, a phone, uh, you know, what what Stephen Colbert's uh, uh, age is, it brings up a picture of a a polar bear because it thinks you said cold bear age. Okay, it's it's a toddler right now. It doesn't understand very well, but it's learning. And um, we have, uh, you can see some bad art out there <laughs> created by AI. And I'm, and I'm saying, you know, a lot of it is bad, uh, but that does not mean that it's not going to get good. I, there's no reason why an AI can't create great art that, that, that moves us. A part of, the, part of the thing about art is that it tells us, uh, <clears throat> it informs us, a, a, a sort of the picture of the person that makes it or the, uh, the, the you know the algorithm that is what it's like to be that algorithm of that human making the art and there's no reason why uh an ai art can't kind of uh, expose us to what it's like to be the algorithm that's creating it and i know there's a lot of bad out, art out there you can find um Somewhere on a previous episode uh, years ago, we we had a uh, a comedy scene written by an AI, and it was performed uh, word for word by Thomas Middleditch. Look up Middleditch and AI comedy. I, f I don't I don't have it queued up right now, but that was really funny. It's bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I am saying uh, don't expect AI art to not get great. Um, here's the AI duet. So if I start playing, it should respond. There it is. I'm trying to just play various things in the key of C, which is the white keys. And it's responding. You see here the blue is me, the yellow is the AI playing around. I'm playing a duet with a fucking computer. Sounds kind of cool. Uh, I can't play more than one key at a time because I'm on a laptop, but this would be very fun if you could play chords. Resolve. There you go. You did it. You resolved, computer. The AI figured out how to resolve that chord pattern down back down to C. Okay. You know, uh, there is art. There is AI. We're going to see big things, I think, in the future. In the next 10 years, in terms of AI, it's going to be very cool. Uh, don't resist. Just uh, let it wash over you the fact that AI might be taking over from us in the future and hopefully 
they'll want to keep us around and maybe create a little socialist utopia where they give us uh, the the means to, to live and eat while they run things. And that is common nonsense. This has been the floating head of Dave Chacho. And I'm going to kick it back over to Cartoon Dave Chacho. Science AF. That's our show. This has been Science AF for January 30th, 2021. I'm still writing January 30th, 2020 on all my checks. But we will uh, get over that. Okay. If you want to Venmo, if you want to donate to Science AF or uh, 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 the network we are on gravy day go to gravyday.com there's a venmo at gravy day the patreon.com slash gravy day or go to our etsy shop to buy stuff etsy.com slash shop slash gravy day um i've got these cool little uh gadgets that i've designed at the etsy shop one of them being uh a switch called whose turn it is that tells you uh, uh it's great for couples so buy one for your partner for Valentine's Day. It's a little mechanical switch that holds its position and you can switch it back and forth to decide whose turn it is between you and your partner for whatever, doing the dishes, dinner. Um, man, I should have pulled that, uh, the commercial for that, but um, I have it and I'm not gonna go looking for it right now. I have been <coughs> cartoon Dr. Dave Chacho and I am not a doctor. You can uh, tip me at the tip jar, gravyday.com slash tip slash chacho. Follow me on all the social medias at Dave Chacho. This has been Science AF, the OMGWTF and LMFAOASMP of science. And once again, can we get the theme song? Science AF. Here we go. Science AF. Science AF. And we out. Science AM. It's over. Science AM. This is the end. Science is fuck.